How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Hello, writers. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Spring is upon us and life is grand where I am anyway. I love to see the sun and I love to see the snow melting. Today is an interview with Brandy Johnson. You might remember Brandy from October when she was here to talk to us all about her writing journey, but also the book that she wrote that's actually um, to help us. Well, it's not specifically for authors. It's for everybody, but it will help us absolutely with our marketing. And it's called Minimum Minimal Viable Marketing. There's a link in the show notes. And there's a link actually to the first time she was here as well. So she, she knows her stuff. She loves metrics, which I have to say most of us probably don't, which is great that some people are out there that love, love the metrics. So she's here today talking about how to analyze um, the, uh, the insights, the metrics, the, um, email open rights and click throughs and all that good stuff. And then not only how to analyze it, but what to do with that information after, after we get it, because that's important too, right? So <laughs> I hope you enjoy the episode and I really hope that you dig into your analytics after listening to Brandy and I talk about it. Hello, writers. Welcome back. I have today with me again, the fabulous Brandy Johnson from HeyBrandy.com. Thank you for coming back. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> so much has happened. Um, last time we talked to sort of general marketing stuff um, for children's authors, and I shared with you, of course, that when well, you're an author, so you kind of know like not that many of us have a marketing background and I feel like I'm getting the hang of it and I really enjoy it myself because I have to be honest. I love when I put something into the world and it makes me money. But where I really fall down is like metrics. Sure. So I'm wondering if maybe we could talk a little bit about what we should be paying attention to, how to assess, how to analyze, where to go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Kind of a metrics nerd. Oh, good. So I fully admit it. Um, but so really, there's some pretty simple stuff. And I think the one thing I want to remind people of is that like when you log into something like a Google Analytics, which you should have on your website that tells you your website traffic, or when you go into your email marketing system, um, or like look at your, the impact of your social posts, all of those kind of things, they're going to give you a lot of information and they're going to go super deep into stuff. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't have to use all of that stuff until you're ready to, um, there is stuff in there that I find and I like have to like click on the button and be like, wait, what are they telling me there? And uh-huh. I am a math and science nerd. <laughs> I can't draw. I can okay, do that. Make, that makes me feel better. Okay. Um, but there's a few key things that you um, really want to look at. And that is essentially um, your impact over time. So you want to be at least staying even with stuff like page views, um, which will be on your website. Like you just want like a steady number of page views. Okay. Like consistent page views. Yeah. Consistent or increasing. That's what we want. Okay. Um, and the same thing kind of like with the size of your email list, you want your email list size or your social followers 
um, to stay consistent or growing. That makes we sense. want that upward trajectory. Okay. Consistency is fine. You don't always have to be like going for like huge amounts of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, because consistency, particularly if you're being consistent in your outreach and stuff like that, just means you've reached a good baseline. And then that's when you get to start experimenting and seeing what really moves the needle. And then, so, so the first thing I want to look at is consistency, like I said, in page views, in the size of your email list, um, in the size of your social following. Okay. The next thing that you want to look for is any abnormalities or spikes. And again, particularly for like your website traffic or engagement on your social posts. So like what went, what did really well, like on your website, all of a sudden, maybe you've been getting 25 page views a day. Yeah. Totally respectable number, by the way, (laughs) 25 page views a day. And then all of a sudden one day you got a hundred page views that day. What did you do the day before or that day that caused that increase? And there's places that you can dig into your analytics a little bit more. Um, under like referrals is a good place to look at that to see like what happened. If you can't like like go back in your brain and say what was it, what was yeah. it, what was it? Yeah. Um, the numbers. So really like fun. those spikes, like what happened that day, and then how can I recreate it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think you go into that in your book, uh, like yep. the, cause I think you even went so far as to say in this, like on the left-hand side and then yep. like this. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, in the free resource library that goes with the book, yep. there's a spreadsheet where you can like track all of this just so you get in the habit. And I've got in there, like track your page views into your page view numbers here. Um, so then it helps you start to track those spikes too. Okay. And so if my website's been up, let's say for a year and I've never done this, can I go back in time? <laughs> no. So, um, well, let me, let me rephrase that. Okay. If your website's been up for a year and you have Google analytics implemented from the beginning, yeah. yes, okay. the data will be there. Okay. If you did not put Google analytics on your website first, then you're going to start from the day you install Google analytics. Okay. Google analytics is a free program. You go to analytics.google.com to sign up and they'll give you a little snippet of code that you put on your website. It sounds really like, oh my gosh, I have to do code, but they give you instructions on how to implement it on almost any platform that you're on. Okay. And it's basic, it's as easy as copy and paste. It's like copy it from your Google Analytics screen and paste it in this block box in this area on your website. That's okay. it. That sounds easy. And it'll start tracking that. Okay. Um, and there's, like I said, in this world, there are super advanced things like click tracking and pixels and all this stuff. Yes. You don't have to worry about that off the bat. Get your Google Analytics on there so that you can see what's happening. We could, you could always go farther. You could set up goals later and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The big thing is to start collecting the data and looking at it. I feel like I'm going to go open mine up because it has been there for a year and I'm not going to have any page views <laughs> because oh, yeah. I have not concentrated on my <laughs> website at all, really. Like I made it all pretty and then I ignored it. <laughs> That's okay. I don't have page views. I can tell you, I've been to your website. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have one. Yay. <laughs> I went to like five pages. So. Well, does that count as five? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's how page views work is um, I, it'll it'll be one user session who looked at five pages. Oh, okay, cool. And I outline what a lot of those definitions are in the book too. Um, And Google analytics has a pretty good um, tutorial and like mouse over tips and stuff like that too, to tell you what stuff means. I think I get a monthly email like with a summary, but it talks about, I think, like you said, like a user session, but it's a minute or less usually. And so then I'm just too depressed. And then I um, don't look into it further. So. Well, and you know, some, a lot of that, and I talk about this in the book a little bit too, um, is you really have to think about like what the goal is of your website. How much yeah. time should people be spending there? Like right. if you are a food blogger with recipes you may have a lot longer user session because somebody's got to keep the page open while they make the while they're cooking. Right, right. <laughs> you know, on the other hand, where if you just have like a simple one page website or, you know, short website and people can find what they need really quickly, oh. they may not spend as much time on your website. Okay, that makes me feel a bit better. Like if you're not blogging, you don't have a depth of content for people to be clicking around and getting into, and I got to go to this page and stuff like that. So, right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then what other metrics? So you talked about social media. So we should be looking yeah. like in the insights on Instagram and our Facebook pages. Yeah. Yeah. So really with, again, with social media, what I look for there is your follower account again, mm-hmm. because you want that increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're there. We're there to get followers. Um, And then your post engagements. So the reason that you look at like your individual post engagement is it helps you understand what your, what your visitors want to see more of. Okay. So So the more likes they have, the more shares they have, that kind of stuff. It just shows that people are interacting with it more. Right. Um, Yeah. Now, one thing I've seen a lot of creators doing recently is ask, like, asking questions that people need to type an answer into uh-huh. um, because that helps the Instagram algorithm or the Facebook algorithm, any of them, um, show that post more. So ask a question in the post and then in the comment section, people need to um, write. Yeah. But they yeah. don't really like to write, do they? Sometimes people do, sometimes they don't. Um, but like, if you can just start like practicing that behavior a little yeah. bit okay. on like every third or fourth post, even um, that helps feed the algorithm beast. If you <laughs> um, and unfortunately, okay. Instagram doesn't count like emojis <laughs> as text responses. Oh. So like if somebody puts hard eye emojis or you're like, raise your hand. It doesn't count. It doesn't count uh, for feeding the beast. <laughs> it's a jelly bean when you need, a, <laughs> need to feed it broccoli. <laughs> oh, there you go. Who's got a three-year-old? You do. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Might have been reading a lot of Bernstein bears and junk food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those are classics. Um, so email analytics. So once we have our email service providers, what are we looking for? What are we aiming for? Yeah. So with emails, um, there's two big things that you're going to look at. You're going to look at your open rate yeah, and your click-through rate. Okay. 
So your open rate is a, it tells you how effective your subject line was. Oh, okay. So um, kind of an across the board industry average for open rate is 20%. Okay. That's um, interesting. There's lots of talks about sub- subject lines always. So just by yep. changing that, you can increase your open rate. Yeah. Yeah. So um, your subject, cause it's, it's what's going to stand out in the inbox. Right. Does that get my attention? Is that something I'm interested in? Do I remember who that is? That's a huge one. <laughs> that is a huge one. That's why you want to be consistent with showing yes. up in the inbox. Yes. Um, and so, so that's what your open rate is going to measure. Um, okay. Again, just like what we talked about with social analytics, where you get to see what your customers are responding to or your, your followers, looking at your open rate gives you an idea for what subject lines are they were responding to. I think I saw you have a tracker for this and I didn't totally yep. get it because I think it said subject line and then open rate. I yep. was like, really? Do I really have to be doing this? But now I know well, why. Yeah, yeah. So basically the reason that we do that, like I said, is um, your subject line is essentially the billboard right. along that million mile an hour highway that we're all driving down in our inbox. Right. Did I look at that, that billboard and take that exit? Right. So we want to know how many people are taking that exit. Okay. And you can go back, right? So if we've already been sending emails, yeah, yeah. if you've been sending emails, your email marketing system is going to keep all of that stuff for you. There's nothing fancy or special that you have to do with it. Okay. And what does your click through rate mean? Yeah, so your click-through rate is after people have opened your email, how many people clicked on a link that you put inside it? Okay. So provided you put a link inside of it, (laughs) which I don't always do. You don't? I don't always do it. Sometimes I just have like an email and I'll ask for replies. Yeah. Hey, just hit reply and let me know what you think about this. Sometimes I just don't. Um, Did today's? Yes, today's did. At the very (laughs) end. It was in the PS. Yeah. Um, so if you have links in your email to click, uh-huh. then you want to measure, like keep track of your click-through rates. Um, and and again, are, that's to see if people like what you're saying to click on. So if they don't yeah. click on it, they don't want that stuff. Yeah. They want something else. Yeah. Okay. You have not teased them enough to get them to click. Oh. Like your teaser content. You right. know, it, so... Let's say um, I did in our last, the last time I was on, we talked about, you know, maybe on social, you share one um, preview page of the artwork for your book. And you say in my email newsletter, I'm going to share three. And maybe you actually have the three on your website because you want to, you know, tease it out a little bit farther. If people aren't clicking on that, Maybe you didn't like tease it well enough. You didn't sell it well enough. And maybe they just don't care what the inside of the book looks like. And we need to try something different. Probably the former. Hopefully (laughs) not. Hopefully not the whole book is. (laughs) And it's not going to be, but especially for people on your email list, but um, it's going to like give you some information about the strength of your offer. Okay. So I have to ask because I, I work with a lot of authors who their number one issue is time. They say they don't have the time. So I'll be honest and say, this sounds like a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. Um, About how much time would you say you would spend on this? 
maybe a half hour a month. Really? Yeah. So you just use your spreadsheets that you offered so generously and um, just quickly copy the info over and look at it. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense because if you're only sending one or two emails a month, yeah, it shouldn't take you that long. No. And if you, um, I mean, if you have like a lot of historical data yeah, um, and you want to put all that on the spreadsheet, that's going to take you, you know, right. that's going to take you a couple episodes of your favorite show, maybe. <laughs> oh, I like that you say that because it doesn't make me need all your attention. Or you hire your 15-year-old if you happen to have one. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> like hire your 15-year-old, like yeah. Just copy and paste all copying. those data in the spreadsheet for me. I'll right. give you a piece of money. <laughs> um, but it, it's not something that you really like need to dive into and spend a ton of time on. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just that gut check to say, am I moving in the right direction? Right. Which you have no idea really, if you don't at least take the time to yeah. put those numbers down. Yeah. So I like to bundle that with my, um, I typically do a monthly content plan too. Mm-hmm. I've got like a bigger, I do it on a quarterly basis, but then each month before I create it, I start refining that plan. Mm-hmm. What am I going to blog about? What am I going to send email newsletters about? Like I get really nitty gritty into the specifics. So I bundle those two things together. I pull my data and while just before I start planning, so then I have those results fresh in my mind for planning. So I like to bundle those two activities mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, so that the data that I pulled immediately becomes actionable for me. Oh, that's so smart. Um, because otherwise, like we pull the data and it's a check mark. Like, right. I look okay, at Brandy. <laughs> I'm a good little soldier. I looked at my open rates. Right. Okay. Well, you need to take action on what that information is telling you. Right. So that's why I like to bundle those two things together because then it's really natural. You know, maybe you can book yourself out a couple of hours and say, I'm going to pull my data and do my content planning. And And it's so productive that way, rather than staring at your past posts and wondering what was good, what wasn't, or my emails, what worked, what didn't, I'll just keep throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping that something works. Yeah. And, you know, um, I have certainly done it where I have been on like a content path where I've been creating content in a certain vein. Uh And then when I pull my analytics, nobody cared about it. Oh, like, and and it's different in my world. It certainly is. But like, maybe, maybe I've been super into SEO. Right. Again, marketing nerd. Yeah. (laughs) I like books, but I'm a marketing nerd. Um, but all of a sudden, like I look and like, nobody's clicking on the emails. Maybe like, again, because I go farther, like maybe my, um, my unsubscribes are up. Maybe more people are unsubscribing from my list, which by the way, is not a personal reflection on you. You can't take it personally. Everybody, every time somebody unsubscribes, I think my mother-in-law unsubscribed my, for oh. my email good though, <laughs> but it's good because you don't want to pay for those people. So right, exactly. I actually try to be like, go ahead and unsubscribe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I clean my list all the time. I'm like, my list is cleaner than my kitchen floor. <laughs> I don't want to pay for you if you don't want me If to you don't open it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to shift direction and say, Oh, I see that this isn't working for my people right now. I'm going to try something different that does because I don't want to invest a bunch of time writing about SEO when the people 
don't, aren't engaging with it. Right. And if you do it on a monthly basis, that's a pretty quick turnaround. So you don't have to, you know, feel like you wasted months and months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talk about like, do an annual plan. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I can't imagine being locked into an annual plan. Right. A very loose, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a loose annual plan, maybe. Yeah. I do like quarterly planning and then like yeah. nitty gritty every month. Cause that's the other thing is, um, even in your, even in the author space, the world is changing really quickly. Yeah. I mean, obviously we saw that a lot in 2020 with everything <laughs> that's happened, but, um, in this space, but around marketing, it all shifts very quickly too. Yes. The algorithms shift, new technology comes out that changes things. Um, so like you may be on this path and all of a sudden some new thing comes out for kids this holiday where you can create content for it. Yes. And you want to be able to pivot and be like, like, what's the, what's that video service Quibi where they were doing like the 10 to 15 minute video, like TV shows on it. Oh, it was really big. Like in like April, like they were making a big deal out of it, but like, so it was like this new streaming app. Oh, okay. Um, of like short TV shows to capture adults' short attentions. Oh, what's for adults? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But like, maybe there's something like that that comes out. That you want to talk about. As an author, yeah. you could take advantage of. You don't want to have an annual plan. <laughs> no. And I think we all saw it, especially in March, when some email marketers just kept sending their sequences and it was so tone deaf because the world had come crashing down and they were still on their sequence. <laughs> Not messing it at all. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, don't don't you know, feel so like you have to plan that, for a year. Social posts did that too. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the schedule. People have that stuff where it's all scheduled out and it's like, don't be afraid to hit the pause button. Right. Pause, repurpose, whatever. But again, you know, when you bundle looking at your analytics looking at your planning and looking at the world around you, when you combine those three activities into one little chunk of time, get a sitter again, pay your 15 year old. Yeah. 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 They're so useful. But you know, um, you know, book out that time for yourself because it's going to make what you're doing more effective and it's going to help you get more confident in what you're doing every time. That's really smart. I feel like that's something we could do in a in the writers club group is just once a month spend an hour together and just have a work session, which I think would be helpful. That's why we're doing the book club. I don't think I mentioned it this time. We're doing a book club based on minimum viable marketing your book, which I'm loving. And it's just kind of slow going, but but it's uh, but it's yeah, fantastic. It's, a lot of people really need it. Thank you. Yeah, it's not a beach read, unfortunately, but. No, it's not a beach read. You need to open with your computer also. And yeah. But I tried to make it really actionable um, stuff. It is, especially with those free resources that you offer. Like it just hand in hand. And there's no reason to not when you already, you know, when you provide the spreadsheets and you provide the, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was going for in creating it because people, um, you mentioned it earlier, throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. Well, I don't actually know if it's stuck if I don't look at my analytics and do those kind of things. Right. Like you're all just going on gut instinct and sometimes our guts are wrong. Like often. <laughs> because what we like, yeah, yeah, what we like isn't necessarily what our audience likes or the audience you've been cultivating, I guess. Yep. 
Do you have a recommendation for an email service provider? So for a lot of people who are just starting out, I really like MailerLite. Yeah. Um, MailerLite does have a free tier. Um, I'm not going to quote the numbers right now that they allow for because they change them periodically. Um, But what I like about MailerLite is that you can do um, pretty much everything on the free tier. Okay. MailChimp started getting into, well, if you want automations, then you have to upgrade to pay. Or if you want landing pages, they started kind of getting into that murky water there. Yeah. Um, It's still pretty affordable, but MailerLite has made a lot more of that stuff accessible on their free plans. So until you have, um, again, it's going to be between 500 and 1,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay at all. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and so, and again, they, they have really good integrations with a lot of the major email service or website service providers like Squarespace or WordPress or Wix. A lot of those have built-in integrations. Um, so depending on where you have built your website home, um, MailerLite makes it really easy to do that too. Well, that's good to hear. Cause I use that. (laughs) Um, okay. So last question, cause I don't want to take up your whole day, but, um, about websites. So I, you know, when I started doing my research a couple years ago, before I did my website, it was like, WordPress is everything. Mm Yeah. You know, if you want to be a serious business person or a serious marketer or whatever, it's gotta be WordPress, which is really can be anyway, intimidating, overwhelming, all that. Mm -hmm. So are you WordPress camp? Are you like whatever works camp? (laughs) Whatever works camp. Yeah. Um, I use WordPress for my own website, but a, I started playing with building websites in like, well, I had to do them in college. So like 2013. Okay. You're so right. I've been in that world yeah. a long time. Um, I think Squarespace is great. Um, there's some good stuff on Wix I have seen. Um, if somebody wants to do WordPress, because there's a lot of extra stuff you can get, uh-huh. um, I do really recommend a plugin called Elementor, mm-hmm. E-L-E-M-E-N-T-O-R. Um, it's a page builder. So it makes setting up your pages drag and drop. Right. So I want an image. I just grab a little box and put it in. I mean, it basically turns your website into like a Canva. So if you want to go the WordPress route mm-hmm. um, and do hosting and that kind of stuff, um, then I really like, cause I've worked with a couple of the other builders too. Um, Elementor had a much shorter learning curve Oh, okay. and I'm techie. So, um, and, and it, it basically can make WordPress a lot more like Squarespace. Um, oh, that's nice. but again, Squarespace is great. Um, I've seen a lot of people do some cool stuff with Wix. Yeah. So it's, um, it's whatever works. The big thing is, um, that I suggest is make sure that you're just not going on like a big community like, um, again, if you build your whole site on, um, Etsy, you know, I, maybe you want to sell your books and your PDFs through Etsy or something like that. If Etsy changes, you are in their water. So, right. So it's just something to consider a little yeah. bit making sure that you have, um, a domain. The other thing that's really cool when you build your website, I love this about it too, is you get a cool email address. Um, you can get a cool email address. Like, so I have brandy at heybrandy.com. Yes, it works. You can email me. Um, 
but it gives you a little bit more credibility and you'll want an email address like that for your email outgoing emails anyway, so that they don't end up in your, you know, email list where you're also getting your notifications about your whole foods delivery. <laughs> kind of keeps those worlds. You want to keep it a little bit separate. Well, on some like Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail, if your Hotmail years old, they're not going to be deliverable. So yeah, I am Hotmail years old. Uh, as am I, and I still use it. And I uh, last year I was like, okay, I'm going to move everything over. And there is so much that still comes to my Hotmail. So yeah, I've got a Hotmail. I've got like three Gmails. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm I am in over my head in email addresses. In <laughs> email addresses. Plentiful. Well, thank you so much again for coming. Um, I have a feeling I'm gonna want you to come on again if you're willing. Absolutely. Um, I I love this stuff and I started doing this because I love helping people achieve their passions. Um, I did corporate marketing for 15 years before I did this, and um when the opportunity came to switch and come do this instead, yeah. I jumped on it because this is what, this is what I get up at 5 a.m. to do. Oh, Cause you love it. Cause when you're a marketing I, geek, you're a marketing geek. I am or nerd. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, geek, nerd, whatever. Yeah. I, I own all of them. Oh, I, I love it. I don't know if uh, Sheldon, which camp Sheldon would put me in, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not let me in the nerd yeah. camp. But. <laughs> no, probably not. I always joke because, you know, like one of those things, it's not rocket science. And then do you remember that he had in one show, he was like, oh, that's a, such an insult because it was so below him. So anyway, yeah, a little too much information, but. <laughs> I love that show. Okay, thank you, everybody. If you want to look up Brandy, heybrandy.com, Brandy with an I, and her book is Minimum Viable Marketing. It is available on Amazon, and uh, we're studying it in the Writers Club. We're studying it. It's our book club book, so come on and enjoy us, everybody. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed listening to Brandy and all of the metric analytic insight, <laughs> insightful conversation today. Um, I'll repeat how important it is to, you need to keep track of your impact over time and a snapshot on top, like if in time, if you just look at your analytics one time or one day or once a week, and you don't compare from week to week to week, month to month to month, you have no idea really if you're having an impact over time, if you're seeing steady growth, or maybe it's a steady decline. And if you don't keep track of it, you don't actually know, right? So I just wanted to mention, I will link Brandy's website in the show notes as well. And she's actually updated it from heybrandy.com to minimumviablemarketing.com. You can still get to it the other way. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed this. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you're motivated to pay more attention now to your metrics, or maybe you already will were, in which case, yay you. I will see you back here next week. Actually, I guess I will talk to you back here next week, my friends. Enjoy the weather wherever you are. Bye.